welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo and Gerald Borgay. Gentlemen, how you doing? Did you enjoy your long weekend? No. Not at I, all. <laughs> I was staring at Twitter, and every time my phone buzzed, I thought I was about to have a heart attack and was going to have to run in to, to do work. No. No, I did not have a good weekend. I did. I, I, had a, I had a gut feeling. I was like, honestly, I know we're on call, but I only put on makeup one time this weekend. I didn't do my hair until yesterday. I was like, I just don't think they're going to... I don't think it's going to happen. I did makeup every day this weekend and nothing. I mean, I'm sorry. And I meant, when I say I don't think it's going to happen, I meant this past weekend. I still have a little bit of faith that it could happen. Um, I'm not like, oh my God, we're doomed forever. Not full doomsday just yet. No, not full doomsday, but it is taking an aggravate. My worst concerning. Yes. And my worst nightmare is that when we're heading up to summer league in a few days, it's going to (laughs) happen while we're on the road. And that would be the worst. I'll be here. Oh, that's down the floor. You will. Okay. I'm and you're a passenger. Okay. You're riding passenger. So you could just call in and chat with Espo and hope that we get some sort of connection out in that desert. Yeah. In the desert. I'll just do it by myself. Just yeah. me shouting. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> oh, my God. He went to Toronto. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> Lord, Espo. Don't put that bad juju out in the world. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you guys on. for tuning in. But we have something special off the top. Emma, right? Emma hit the hit the music here. Durant watch. The mood is tense. I've been on some serious, serious reports before, but nothing like this one. Sean Marks is in there. Yeah, Sean Marks right across the room. I was trying to get an interview with him, but they said, no, that's a GM doing actual GM things in there. He'll rip your actual face off if you go in there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're making me look stupid, Sean Marks. Make something happen. Come on. That's your Durant. Watch. Day five. <laughs> Nothing's happened. We're stranded here. And it's getting weird. <laughs> I'm so confused right now. It's, a, it's an Anchorman. It's an okay. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a hot minute. So now I need to go rewatch it. I appreciated it. Sorry. It was, I, no, it was very close to the original script. I liked it. It was good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Fantastic. The original plan was to have me on a, I wanted to do a green screen with me in front of Barclays Center <laughs> and pre-film it, but we didn't have time. So I, That's okay. I just did it this. Tomorrow, That's maybe. If, uh, I if really like here. your makeshift microphone that you made for this. That was the best <laughs> part. Make, it's an actual microphone. Well, I mean, like... <laughs> You know, is you have a, the, an the actual microphone, microphone in cover front of I've you ever as well. Seen. I had to go handheld. It, uh, you just got to sell it. Uh. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, before we start talking, or maybe we should do it after we start talking about all of this. Mm-hmm. Let's just share some of the most recent updates on the Kevin Durant situation. Because obviously, as we all know, nothing went down this mm-hmm. weekend. So here's Shams with an update on what he's hearing currently about the KD situation answer your first question is Kevin Durant that's his preferred destination the Phoenix Suns uh, from everything I've been told are his number one preferred destination oh, that's he, a great I think there's a there's okay. a desire to go play with Devin Booker to go play with Chris Paul real hot but so- they're making moves and they're doing things this offseason with in their mind the preparation and operation as if they're bringing these two guys back next season 
and playing with these two guys. Now, I, I think oh. they're open in, in dialogue and they're open to Can teams like, you know, Toronto, Phoenix, Miami making offers. But until they get that pr- price threshold met, which I'm told is all-star type players, a boatload of draft picks, they're not going to move. This is what they're telling teams. We're not going to move Kevin Durant until oh, no. the price is met. And so we'll see how this summer goes. One thing to keep in mind, Pat, these these superstar trades. You think about Kyrie Irving when he got traded to the Celtics in 2018. Yeah. You, or I think 2018. You think about, um, you know, I, you, I think that was 2017, actually. You think about when James when Kevin, uh, when Kawhi Leonard gets traded to Toronto. You think about Anthony Davis getting traded to the Lakers. All three of those trades took two, three months to get done. Even the Rudy Gobert trade, when he got moved after the season ended to now, took two and a half, three months. Uh, so this process with Kevin Durant uh, could take a while, but there's no doubt he wants to trade out of Brooklyn, uh, and we'll see how this process unfolds. Before we get into what Sam <laughs> said, that was the Pat McAfee show. That, if you're listening, that was the voice. Why does it look like... He's so wild. Why does it look like my high Italian uncle at, a, at an event with the family and he's wearing the, the sleeveless shirt, the gold chain and saying nonsense. He's just during like, Oh man. He's like, James it, Harden. Like, yeah, it was like, it was like if the, the Brian Windhorse thing was like completely done by like a toddler that knew nothing about basketball. Yeah. Whoa. Ke- Kevin Durant. Uh, James Harden. Uh, yeah, man. I feel like, like that's what uh, guys when I was in college looked like at the bar after too many vodka yeah. red bulls. <laughs> Uh, yeah Lindsay. yeah 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 why why don't we why don't we go to another bar huh like i don't i don't get it what was that he's just like randomly interjecting random words that he picks out from what shams was saying Um, yeah no obviously i mean this feels like more posturing to me it feels like the nets are saying no one's meeting our demands yet so we're gonna put out that we're willing to come back next season with this group but like you look at it the owner and Kyrie don't get along. They don't like each other. Like KD has requested a trade. So even though he's under contract for four years, he is a type of superstar that has that leverage to force his way out. And the longer you keep him, the more toxic that situation gets. And like, what are you running it back with Kyrie and KD? Sure. But like Ben Simmons is your third best guy. You lost Bruce Brown over the summer in free agency. You made a weird trade with a first rounder for Royce O'Neal. Like, to what end are you running it back? I, I don't buy that for a second. It feels like an attempt at getting back some leverage in a bad situation for Brooklyn. But I do think it could take longer than we're hoping for this one. <laughs> James Harden. James Harden. <laughs> I understand the reasoning behind why it takes so much time to get a deal like this done. Because, of course, yeah, I'm sure Brooklyn has, like, here's the bottom line of what we have to get back in a trade situation like this. But then... Also, when you take into consideration all the rumors that came out late last week about Brooklyn not being interested in D.A. at all, now you likely have to get a third team involved in order to make all of these moves work and satisfy all the teams that are involved, feeling like leaving them feeling like they're not getting the short end of the stick, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that a lot of this stuff is going to take time. And the interesting thing, too, which we'll talk about all these guys here in just a little bit, is that all of these teams are still making sidebar moves mm. while still discussing this big, hopefully blockbuster kind of trade situation that's going to go down with KD and, and the Suns and whomever else gets involved. But first of all, I love Pat McAfee's football takes. I was making fun of his basketball. Let's sure, sure. make that clear before <laughs> the chat loses his mind. Uh, but yeah, I agree. It's total posturing. This is 
the the net didn't like that they were caught off guard by this, which it surprises me that it seems like they were because there had been hints of this going on. But, you know, I think it was the double whammy of Kyrie actually opting back at, in and within 12 hours, the report coming out that Katie wanted out. They're scrambling to try to act as if they're in a position of power. They're trying to be the fake tough guy that, yeah, you have to meet our demands where really all this takes is Kevin Durant saying, I'm not going to this other city, so stop asking about me. There's one place I'll go, and they lose all leverage whatsoever. Uh, and I, I'm sure they didn't like the fact that they didn't want DA getting out there publicly, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that probably frustrated him. But look, mm-hmm. if this takes two to three months, like Shams kind of insinuated, I'm going to look like freaking Tom Hanks in Castaway talking to Spalding sitting here on this couch, just losing my ever-loving mind if we have to deal with this for two or three months. That. And you think it's bad that there's no no free agents left right now? Imagine if you've been in a holding pattern for two to three months. Not good. I just can't imagine it taking that long. No. Honestly, it doesn't make any sense. I, I think one key date that the Suns probably have in mind coming up is the end of the moratorium period. And I think it's July 8th is when you can officially, or is it July 6th? It's either July 6th or July 8th where you can officially start signing guys to deals that aren't on veteran minimum contracts. So at that point, that's when another team could slip DA an offer sheet and really throw a wrench in the works here. Because at that point, the Suns would have 24 hours to match as soon as he officially signs that deal. And that makes it really hard to pull off a Kevin Durant trade if that happens. So I think the Suns are probably going to be working against the clock here. Maybe there is no suitor for DA because we've talked about this multiple times over the last few weeks. A lot of his potential teams that would want to give him a max have kind of dried up. The Pistons don't have the cap space anymore, and they drafted Jalen Duran. The Pacers are still looming there, but a sign-and-trade would make more sense. Hawks, same deal. Raptors, same deal. It would only make sense as a sign-and-trade. Maybe the Spurs are another team that could sign him outright to a max offer sheet, but he just doesn't have that many suitors. If one emerges, though, that really pretty much puts a kibosh on this whole thing. Look, it's it's June 6th at 12.01 Eastern, which means it's tonight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So when the moratorium lifts, so July, we, or did I say June? Yeah, July sixth, uh, twelve one Eastern, which means nine one tonight here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. The moratorium's lifted. Now I feel like if there was going to be somebody that was going to offer a, a a max or an offer sheet to DA, we probably would have heard something mm-hmm. by now that something would have come out. So I don't know if that's going to happen right away tonight that somebody will will make him an offer. But you're right, that becomes a bigger worry throughout this. Today, everybody's talking nationally about how Toronto is the hot name in the pursuit of Kevin Durant. Mm. But if KD says, Toronto, I don't want to go there, you got to wonder, do they become a third third team in this? Could there be a piece that moves where, you know, Scotty Barnes' name's been thrown out? Is there some way that DA goes there, Scotty Barnes goes to the next, KD comes here? Obviously, a lot of other elements would have to happen to make things work, but those are the kind of things you have to you have to kind of go through the smoke right now mm-hmm. and understand what the hell all this is. And to me, the Toronto thing is national media going, "Well, we need to extend this story. We need to stretch this out. <laughs> we need another team to talk about. We can't keep going over the options between Phoenix and 
and, and Miami. So let's bring up Toronto. Well, I, I think it's just speculation because, like you said, there's not a lot to talk about. Free agency has basically been put on hold until this Kevin Durant domino falls. And to their credit, like the Raptors could put together a very good deal for KD if he expanded his list of preferred destinations to Toronto. You never know. They were successful in doing that with Kawhi, who wanted to go to L.A., and they won a title with him. So they have experience in this regard, and it would make sense in that asset but like as of right now all we've heard about are phoenix and miami as far as where he would like to play miami would have a really hard time making it work the suns could technically make a one for one deal work financially even with base year compensation rules it's just difficult because of the financial side and apparently the nets don't want da so that's where we start looping in these third teams like the jazz like the raptors like the hawks all these different options that we've talked about um I don't know. You could definitely get it done if you want to. I think there are a lot of moving pieces, though. There's a lot of parties that need to be satisfied by what happens here. So I think they're probably haggling over that because DA, if he agrees to a sign and trade, he has to agree to be going to whatever team he's being sent to. KD wants to come here. The Nets have to be compensated. The third team that's getting DA has to not give up too much, but you know, they're getting what they want back. It's a lot of moving parts you have to balance there. Yeah, and you bring up the Kawhi thing, and I think the difference here is Kawhi had one year right. left. Mm-hmm. So he could go, yeah, I'll take a flyer year in Toronto. For sure. And and if we do something, great, it'll up my value. I know I'm going to go to L.A. Win-win, where you're looking at it, and KD has four years left it's on this. It's a big difference. I think it's very yeah. a very big difference because there's not – and he, he really can't feasibly pull the demanding a trade – uh, out of that next city uh, <laughs> without taking a huge hit to his uh, to his legacy, which seems very important to him based on the way he reacted to national media calling him out for, for chasing a ring with the Warriors. Sure. Well, and you also have to think about Brooklyn's situation too because I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, Brooklyn is basically the driver in this situation. They have all the leverage which, yes, they technically do, but you also have to weigh the pros and cons when you're an organization. How bad does this make my organization look to other superstars down the road? Mm -hmm. If I muck something up with a guy like Kevin Durant who wants to go to Phoenix and is adamant about going to Phoenix and I trade him to whomever else, whatever other team, does that scare away potential stup- superstars from coming and playing for the Nets down the road? Yeah. That's always the tough line that you have to balance because it is a business and it's on both sides, right? Like players when asking for trades and things like that have to do the exact same thing. Like how does this potentially harm my career in the future? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a tough situation for everyone involved. So I completely understand why it's taking such a long time to get done. But there's another theory out there, and I want to get your guys' thoughts <laughs> this, on this one. This is our boy go. putting on a tinfoil hat like I did last So year. Kendrick Perkins thinks essentially that KD asking for a trade was not him truly wanting to be traded, but to create a scare tactic, if you will, to get the Nets to offer Kyrie a longer-term contract. Do you so, believe this? So Perk's thought here is Katie is the horrible boyfriend that basically threatens I'm leaving the relationship to try to get something else out of their partner. I think this is this is insane. And the way the offseason's going, completely plausible. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know. Based on what I've heard from somebody close to the situation, like, 
KD and Kyrie are not opposed to playing together again next year. It, it's just, and it's more kind of them versus the organization itself, management, that type of deal. But like, I, I just don't see that being the case at all. This isn't a leverage play, and if it is, like, it's the most elaborate leverage play I've seen in I a while. I love it. It's too much. I love it. But, but if it was a leverage, <laughs> if it was a leverage play, wouldn't wouldn't he have gone to Sean Marks and not the owner? Like, why go to Cy when if you're just trying to leverage? a deal for for Kyrie. I don't I don't buy I don't buy that. I just that's the part I can't it, it doesn't make sense uh, and going into this whole I'm going to I'm going to hold grind free agency to a halt mm-hmm. for trying to convince them to give Kyrie an extension that's fairly implausible to me but from the NBA is basically one giant soap opera <laughs> and a uh, basically a a whole reality show. I totally think that this could be a storyline that that would play right into that. But God, if that's what happens, how used how used the Suns fans feel? It's like the dating show where you go out with the other girl just to piss off the one you're with. Like, why, why, why would we do this? Look, I I think Kevin Durant's a smart guy. I think he's capable of looking around Brooklyn, looking at the last year that he spent with Kyrie looking at how his friend James Harden literally forced his way out of Brooklyn to get out of that situation. I think he sees the writing on the wall. This team isn't going to win a title. They don't have the means to do it. Ben Simmons isn't the answer. Kyrie only played in half their games last year because of his own stubborn choices. Like I think he wants out legitimately. And I think the fact that we've heard from Chris Haynes, Woj and Shams have mentioned that he wants to come to Phoenix. He wants to play with Devin Booker. I'm I'm buying that. I think he does. I think that is the case. I, I just I can't dive this far into <laughs> conspiracy theory territory. Personally. I think it's hilarious, but I'm with you. Oh, there's no way that this is actually what's happening. I feel like. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> the math ain't math in my brain no. <laughs> when it comes to this like theory. Yeah. OK, so I, while I find it entertaining and I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's genuine well, at yeah. all. Why would why would uh, you know Durant put himself in a position to take more heat to where he's not a big fan <clears> of the <throat> criticism? This if this is all a ploy to get Kyrie signed, that criticism is just going to amplify with all that. You know, so I don't. Yeah, I don't believe it. But as we get more days going, you get antsier and antsier as a yeah. Suns fan, and you list all these, and you go. Well, maybe that's plausible. Like, there's one, I think it's Scoop B saying this is all a ploy because they fired two assistant coaches in Brooklyn mm-hmm. that uh, that Durant and Kyrie really like, and this is all leverage to try to get them back on Steve Nash's staff. Like, I look, usually the simplest answer is the right answer. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant doesn't want to be there, and he, he has the Suns at the top of his list. I think that is where we're sitting right now. And the the Nets are trying to scramble to do anything, probably to get Mikhail Bridges as part of the deal mm-hmm. or find a three-team deal that gets them even more uh, you know, in, on top of everything that the Suns get off. Yeah, and let's be honest, they're trying to restore Kyrie Irving's trade value right now too because mm-hmm. the only team that really seems to want him are the desperate Lakers who are desperate for anybody at this point and to get rid of Russell Westbrook's contract. So they're trying any way that they can to kind of bump up those trade offers. And this is it. 
Well, if you guys want to put some money down on the action right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the Suns are a minus 110 to be the next landing spot for Kevin Durant. The Toronto Raptors are a plus 350, and then Brooklyn is also a plus 350. And every other team that is listed as an option is a plus 1400 or higher. So based on... And I'm sure this is a lot of this is movement based on what the media is sharing and Mm -hmm. insiders are um, sharing with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. But you can get on on the action right now if you'd like to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX when you sign up. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 when you use that promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Did you guys see the UFC fight this weekend? Did you watch it? Nope. It's fantastic. <laughs> so great. <laughs> the undercards are actually way better than the main event. The main event was kind of boring. I'm I not feel like lie. that happens a lot. It does because it's always there's smarter fighters, more cautious. I get it. Mm. But it was really fun. But my guy coming out with the hat and the urn was oh, like oh, the yes. greatest thing <laughs> ever. Oh, my gosh. Nice I was shot. like, I you're my you're my my person. You find the same humor that I find. I, I saw that tweet and I was like, damn, Lindsay stepped up her Twitter game for this weekend. All right. This must have been a big moment to her. It just happened to be it just happened to be something she really enjoyed. Yeah. How could you not? It was so funny. It was. It was so funny. I was like, I gotta use this somehow. Um, so, so you were talking about the odds. Yeah. And it made me remember uh the last time I was at Summer League <laughs> was the year that uh, Paul George got traded to the Clippers, mm. and it blew everybody's mind. Be- and and it happened on a Friday night at Summer League. Oh, boy. And everybody was at the club, and every- you know, or out drinking, <laughs> and everybody was like, what the hell is going – I pictured that Friday night. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be the least opportune time for us at summer league that they're gonna announce that uh, Kevin Durant's been traded, and it'll be the craziest uh, emergency podcast you've ever seen. Is is my guess? Fingers crossed. That would Everybody's be wild. gonna be drunk except for me. It's gonna be insane, pure insanity. Stay tuned. Make Stay sure you tuned. follow on our Twitter account or turn on notifications on YouTube. Exactly. So you don't miss any of the action. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. While we were waiting, and still are waiting, for Kevin Durant news to come through, the Suns haven't been completely dead in the water. They've been making some moves on the side. Mm-hmm. We already mentioned this, but, you know, Bismack Biombo came back. He's re-signed with the Suns. Mm-hmm. They made that officially official today mm-hmm. in a press release. But there are also three additional guys that the Suns were able to pick up. So we'll kind of go through them. Gerald, I know you wrote about these guys at gophnx.com. So if anybody out there listening wants to get... Um, real deep down and dirty and get all the inside information on these guys. Check that out. But let's start with Damian Lee. He's a 29-year-old forward slash guard who spent the past few years with the Golden State Warriors. He signed a one-year deal at the vet minimum. So that's what, $2.1 million roughly. Mm-hmm. Solid player, knows his role, mm-hmm. works hard. What do you guys think about this one? Yeah, I mean, he's... An NBA champion. He's coming off a championship run with the Warriors. And, Let's go. And he, you know, admittedly, he was a bench guy. He was probably like the 10th man, but he still did play about 20 minutes a game during the regular season. Um, he had a down shooting gear, which is kind of, I think, the reason they were able to get him. I mean, he would have been a minimum guy no matter what, but like the reason they were able to kind of poach him from the Warriors who are have been intent on bringing back as many guys as they can. He only shot 33.7% from three. But the three years prior, he was good for them. He was a great spot-up shooter. He's a guy that 
has definitely learned from his brother-in-law, Steph Curry, as far as moving off the ball, off screens to free himself up for shots. He's good at relocating on the perimeter with some shallow cuts and things of that nature. Um, He's a pretty good cutter. He finishes well at the basket, even though he doesn't get there very often. Um, You're probably going to see him take a lot of spot-up threes. I think he was assisted on about 83% of his baskets, and I think about 90% of his threes were of the catch-and-shoot variety. So definitely a a shooting guard that uh, can help them, especially on a minimum contract. Expectations shouldn't be high. He's not going to make or break their season one way or the other, but he is a guy that will help with getting through 82 games of regular season basketball. Um, He knows his role. He's a good locker room guy, uh, brings some athleticism, and he's a good defender. So not a bad pickup. Do we trust that he's not a Trojan horse? This isn't isn't Steph going, look, you're my brother-in-law. You got your ring. Now I need you to do me a solid. We need to know. Where where his uh, allegiance lies. Yes. Well, is it got... with the sons or is it with his family? Yeah. You gotta pick one, man. You gotta you pick got... <laughs> We gotta make that clear. Which to, uh... family is the family? <laughs> yeah, you and you never go against the family. Whichever one you pick, you don't go against it. Uh but but look, this guy screams Abdel Nader replacement to be on, on the roster. Like a guy that Monty will fall in love with, that will get minutes even uh you know that that will get you know minutes even if he hasn't fully earned them mm-hmm. but a guy that could hit some of those three pointers that you hope for i don't mind this one this one is a, i think makes sense to take a flyer and see what you can get out of him so yeah i mean the 3 years prior to last year's kind of down shooting season where it just felt like he missed a lot of shots he ranked in the 70th percentile 90th percentile and 94th percentile on spot-up points per possession. So a guy that when he gets his spot-up looks, he usually makes the most of them. Hopefully last year was just kind of a down year in that regard. Um, but he is 29, so he's not going to get a lot better. But you're hoping with you know being in a winning environment in Golden State, coming to another winning team like the Suns, Monty will be able to find a way to utilize him off the bench. Yep. All right, next up, we've got Jock Landale. Mm-hmm. He's a 26-year-old Australian center who joins the Suns via trade with the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. And all the Suns had to give up was some cold, hard cash. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to make $1.6 million this year, and he'll be a restricted free agent next year. What do you guys think about this move? RIP cash considerations. <laughs> uh, I want to uh, know how much they paid. Uh, I, I, how depressing would that be to find out what your op- what your value is openly? Like, well, they paid they paid a hundred thousand dollars to get me. Like, yeah. some <laughs> like sad number. Like, mine right. would be I mean, like he's still making almost two million dollars. Mine so. would be like bright side of the sun paid twenty five dollars and a, a, a subway coupon, you know, kind of thing. But anyways, they paid that much. Yeah, anyway, it's, a, it's, a, it's an overpay. I mean, it's a serious. Shot fired. But you wrote a great article on, on Jock. I really enjoyed reading through that and looking to clips i'm i'm marginally excited here about Mm -hmm. what this guy could do as the second or third string center right and and people need to adjust their expectations because i'm seeing in the chat talking about lee and landale nobody's excited i get it but they're veteran minimum signings like these are 10th 11th 12th guys who can help in limited minutes they're not going to change the course of your season and they've got bigger fish to fry with Kevin Durant right now. So adjust yeah. your expectations. As a lot of the people in the comments are also bringing up, usually when you're adding a bunch of veteran veteran minimum guys, 
you're targeting somebody who requires a lot more dollars. Right. You need in. you need bodies because players are so. going to be going out in a potential trade. That's what Hopefully this Hopefully this is Hopefully. a precursor to all of that going yes. down. But even if they're not, I, I kind of I was impressed with what I saw from Landale limited film. He only played about 10 or 11 minutes a game for the Spurs last year. But this is a very motivated guy, um, an Australian guy who went to St. Mary's, went undrafted, played overseas for a few years and spent that time honing his game, trying to add a three point shot. So he had a discernible NBA skill. Um, you know, he talked about how pissed off he was that he didn't get drafted and what didn't wasn't given a spot in the NBA. And he played well in his one season for the Spurs last year. Um, you know, he's a really he's a guy that loves to pop out to above the break threes. Um, those were kind of his specialty. And he only shot, I think, under 33 percent. But if he had just made seven more threes, he would have been a 40 percent shooter. So these are very small sample sizes <laughs> we're working with in his case. Um, but he's he's a good fit for the point five offense in his limited role. He's a guy that can put the ball down move it from side to side. Monty talks about connectors like Dario Sharch and Frank Kaminsky. He's another guy that can do that. He's not like some highlight real passer, but he knows when to make the extra pass, where to move the ball. And he's good in the pick and roll as well. He's a smart kind of crafty player that helps make up for his lack of leaping ability and athleticism. Um, he's strong too. He loves contact. He'll finish through contact. Um, and he, he's got some nifty kind of post moves. He's able to operate in a crowd a little bit with that dribble. Nothing fancy, but able to get the ball up at least and get the job done there. So he's not going to be your starting center. He might not even be your backup. But in limited minutes, he's a guy who can maybe throw off the scouting report when he pops out for three. Um, maybe do a couple of smart basketball things that will fit in well with Monty's system. Yeah, he, he seems to me the Frank Kaminsky replacement mm -hmm. in terms of of it, but I really, you know, I really liked what I saw based on what you were writing. Like you said in the piece, he's no Hakeem Olajuwon, but right. he will get things done down low. And I, I have this guy pegged as the the irrational fan favorite this year. Yeah, the guy that everybody's like, Jock needs more minutes. This guy could be great. <laughs> right. You know the, I mean the Jalen Smith kind of kind of guy. You know where. You know, people just get really irrationally tied to him, but I, I think that'll be for good reason. I think he'll be able to do that pick and pop. I like what I see. He's not going to be the greatest defender, but he's going to hustle and he's going to he's going to do things that fans like. And we know they complain about big men not liking contact here mm -hmm. and not being willing to dunk. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like uh, we're not going to have that problem <laughs> with him. So. And, and defensively, you know, you don't want him out on the perimeter all too much. But on the interior, he's actually surprisingly good. He's not a guy. He only blocked 14 shots, which I think out of 203 players that guarded at least 130 shots at the rim, his 14 blocks ranked 180th out of those 203. So he doesn't get you a lot of blocks. But he did hold opponents to 11% worse shooting at the rim when they were guarded by him. So that that stat is imperfect because of tracking data but i mean that's that's a pretty impressive number he's a guy that will make you uncomfortable shooting those shots and he's a good kind of positional defender in that way i i love that he's also willing to admit he's not athletic oh yeah <laughs> uh, i love that listen self-awareness is the first step to making sure that you're not a liability okay right it's, it's important um i've seen a couple of people in the chat kind of bring up losing javel mcgee and how we're not talking about that enough. And mm. that was kind of a big loss. And 
somebody had mentioned that they hope it wasn't a locker room issue and was just him chasing the money. And if I had, if I was a betting person and there was a place that I could bet on this, it's 100% the money. Like yeah. JaVale spoke very highly of this organization in the locker room and all the guys and people around this team all season long. Mm. I cannot imagine that the only factor in him signing with the Mavs was, I want to get away from the Suns. Pretty sure that money was a huge factor because it wasn't it like 20 mil. No one was offering him 20 mil or three years. Right. Like they offered him a three year deal. Like, and he got the bag. Like he got 20 million over three. That's better than what the Suns were going to offer. That's better than what anyone I think was going to mm-hmm. offer. A couple of days before that, he was gushing at his charity softball event about how much it meant to him that so many guys from the Suns made it out to that game, that the community turned out. He was pouring out his love for kind of Phoenix and and just this whole situation. So, And he said the, our camaraderie in the locker room is the best in the league. It's better than anywhere in the NBA. So, you know, maybe that's just pandering to the fans at a happy event. But at the same time, he was pretty consistent with that all season long. But he didn't have to say it. No, he doesn't have to say it. He could have just been it. like, yeah, it was cool that they all showed up and left it at just as simple as that. Right. It was the money. They gave him a lot yeah. of money and he has the opportunity to be either the starter or a high-end backup there. Can can I play devil's advocate? Oh, I'm going to play devil's advocate. <laughs> oh, I'm not asking for your Here we go. permission. <laughs> but when we always saw those videos of that pregame, you know, whatever you want to call it, dance party, whatever they were doing hmm. in the hall there, rarely... If ever, did you see Book really taking part? CP3 usually wasn't taking part. It doesn't seem like a real Monty thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if, like, well, they may miss JaVale the guy. I wonder if they won't miss those kind of things pregame and those what some people would call antics. I enjoyed it, but I kind of wonder if, if that doesn't fit the the style they're trying to bring is you know <laughs> Lindsay's face. Um, I I think on the Monty front, maybe that's the thing because you know we had asked him about Mikhail Bridges and Da and campaign the way they dance uh, pregame and warmups and you know when they would grab the broomstick yeah. or whatever and sing into it before the game, and he mentioned like look, there's a difference between fun and goofy and not being focused that type of thing. So we kind of pushed back on that side of it. But the pregame stuff, I mean, that kind of helped fire them up. And Book and Chris weren't involved, but they were laughing the whole time. Like they were kind of the cool kids at the back of the class watching the yeah. class clown do yeah. their do their do their work. So but I, I, I don't, think that's just their individual personalities. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's them not approving right. of anything. Yeah. yeah. From Monty's perspective, maybe a little bit, but like well, I don't know. If you genuinely think that is a huge issue. Like, I'm just going to call you a wet blanket. Yeah. Like, well, just straight up. I don't think up. it's a huge issue. No, no, no. Just, I'm just yeah. in general. Yeah. In general, if you genuinely think, like, guys being excited and getting hyped up before going to play a game is a problem, mm-hmm. like, lighten up. I, I will say the the dancing pregame during warm-ups with your opponent right there maybe be might have been a step. That's Too another far, stretch, a little but, bit. I can see that. But but I didn't in the tunnel. I, that's you and, and yeah. your teammates getting hype. I don't care. I don't care what you do. But it always just struck me as such a a contrast in uh, uh, in styles between what we what we viewed you know book and CP three as before 
JaVale got here and, and the way he handled it. And Rick, no, in the chat, he says, Rick, think Espo is against fun. I'm not against fun. Yeah. I just simply was taking the other side <laughs> and exploring it, all right? Yeah, that, that will hurt them, though, to the original point about us not talking about it enough. Losing McGee definitely hurts during the regular season because in the playoffs we saw he was borderline unplayable. Um, you know, in that drop coverage, teams are going to shoot threes on you to death and kind of play you off the floor. But he was really big for them during the regular season, keeping DA's minutes down, uh, being really, really productive in his limited time. He was a per 36 minutes God, as he usually is. So losing him is definitely going to hurt. You're hoping that Bismack is able to step up to the plate, Jock Landale, and that you're able to kind of cover that spot by committee. But it is concerning, especially with DA's future uncertain you're going to need to get a center back if he's involved in a Kevin Durant trade because your options on the market are, are pretty limited right now. Uh, I'm going to bring up a comment from the chat and just kind of leave it here. I don't want any, uh, I don't want anybody to react mm -hmm. to it, but Jules says money has the personality of a sloth. So <laughs> take that as you will, uh, if you want. So I feel like sometimes our comments are so outrageous, <laughs> but they're hilarious. I mean, Monty I will love, be. I love you guys. Monty will be the first to tell you he <laughs> describes himself as boring very frequently, so he would probably agree with that. Honestly, maybe not okay. a sloth, but he would agree he's <laughs> right. boring. Joel both uh, did that well done, and it was well said. Yeah. So congratulations! Oh my god. Uh, okay, next guy that the Suns have picked up, Josh Akogi. He's twenty three year old guard, played for the Timberwolves, and he'll be getting paid two million dollars. What do you guys think about this one? Very good pickup for a veteran minimum signing. This is the one of the three guys that I haven't written about yet. That'll be up tomorrow. But um, the biggest reason that he was available for this price, he cannot shoot the three ball to save his life, at least in games. I've heard reports from people talk about how he's really good in practice, how it looks like he can knock down threes. But that's most of these guys, unfortunately. Yeah. You need it to translate to the NBA, and it hasn't yet. Who was the guy that Lance Blank, this may have been prior to your time covering it, but mm. Lance Blank said he's the greatest practice shooter ever. Oh, it was one of the Zeller bro brothers. Big fan of that. So, that's a rough compliment yeah. to give anybody. But he was saying it as if he's yeah. like, I found this amazing player. He, he shoots better than anybody in practice. I'm the best practice podcast host yeah. there is. <laughs> it's um, spectacular. You should hear Gerald. You should hear our dry podcast. runs. They're yeah. phenomenal. But look, he's, oh, they are. Uh, our dry runs they are. are great. Oh, our our pregame stuff is great. <laughs> um, but no, he's a 27.5% career three-point shooter, which is awful. He's never cracked 30% in his first four seasons in the league. And that's kind of the reason that teams or that the Timberwolves have not been able to leave him on the floor. He is a really tough, gritty, multi-positional defender. <laughs> and he only turns 24 in September. So he's still very young. He's still moldable. Maybe you get him in this system and he's able to knock down a couple of three pointers. Cause keep in mind, Tory Craig, not a great three point shooter. He puts on a son's Jersey. He's at least passable. That's all the Suns really need him to be, to give him rotation minutes, potentially playoff minutes, but for a veteran minimum contract, like that's kind of all you can ask for. Well, and at 24, he's a guy that's actually started a lot of games too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's in Minnesota, at one point, they looked at him as a big part mm -hmm. of the future. Uh, and then Chris Finch, when he took over, uh, he slowly kind of limited his minutes. He was a starter at the beginning of the year for uh, for Minnesota last year. So mm -hmm. I give him uh, – I'm interested to see. 
Like he's a three and D guy minus the three, which is not <laughs> yeah. not ideal. But if you can get him passable, all of a sudden he could become that stopper for you. And uh, you know, if you do have to include a Mikael Bridges, it may be a guy that you have to lean on defensively at times. Uh, if if you have offense taken care of by a big three, so. right? He's a very that that signing was kind of the one that I looked at. Like, okay, they're kind of hedging their bets for who might be heading out in this deal because he is very much a point of attack defender. He's the guy that you will put on their best perimeter guard wing option out there. So, a little bit concerning if you're in the camp that like they need to do everything in their power to keep Bridges, which I think we all are. Um, but again, for a minimum signing, like this is about as good as you're going to get. On, on the veteran minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's $2 million. Right. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's not it's not something to... If he ends up being a liability and, and he's not playable, okay, it's $2 million. Right. It's not like we went and gave somebody $15 million to do nothing. Um, those vet minimums don't count against the cap, right? No. So it's, it's really, hey, we're getting a guy that if it doesn't work out, doesn't matter. If it does, hey, we, we got a huge bargain here, which I, I think makes a lot of sense. It also is the kind of move that you have to make right now because you have to prepare if this deal goes down uh, and you can't take any big swings right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is it, this is about as good as you could do in the situation the Suns are in. Well, and you told us before the show, sorry if I missed this when I was having my coughing fit, but you have a friend at Minnesota who basically said like, hey, this guy's a really stand-up good guy. You're going to love the person that he is. Oh, yeah. He he said he was one of his favorites that Mm -hmm. he had worked with in Minnesota and that, yeah, he's a guy that I said, so good good guy to, to everybody, not just good teammate. He's like, He's an unbelievable guy to everybody, and I that you can never have enough of those guys in your organization. He's not going to be a guy that's problematic, even if he doesn't play like he didn't in the back half of the year for Minnesota. And it's cool as soon as Shams tweeted out the deal, he like quote tweeted it, and he's already mm-hmm. interacting with Suns fans, so yeah. he's excited to be here. I think, and that kind of just backs up everything you were saying. Wouldn't you be excited that you didn't have to wear that god awful highlighter green <laughs> that Minnesota has? I like, would I just be, be so excited not to have to be in. Freezing cold weather. Yeah, he's like, wait. Through basically the whole season. I'm, I'm not going to say anything lest my Minnesota-born <laughs> girlfriend is watching this pod. I'll, I'll say something. He's probably happy he doesn't have to walk through glass sidewalk, <laughs> you know, enclosed sidewalks to get anywhere in the months of November till March. I, yeah. I'm sure he's happy. She told me at her college campus they have tunnels underground so you don't have to go outside. That like actual gophers like that blew my mind what do you that think it'd be thing. even colder though underground isn't that the whole idea of having a basement well, I, get, I would like, assume it's probably like heated or something i mean i would hope so but, i mean when it's a blizzard in minnesota but wouldn't it cost <laughs> more money to heat the basement probably but i think it's like unwalkable to like walk between buildings during certain months there i don't I know guess so. that does make sense all right up next we've got something everyone's favorite day of the week is coming up but first i want to remind you guys that our phnx coyotes crew draft day live party is happening this thursday july 7th at 4 p.m over at four peaks 8th street pub you guys should plan to join all the crew down there pretty much espo you're going to be there because you're coming out to Summer League a little bit later I, that I evening. Fly in, I fly in at like midnight to, to Vegas, <laughs> which in Vegas isn't bad. But yeah, I'll be Not out there shabby. hanging out with the, the Coyotes group from about 3 until uh, until the first round's over. So mm-hmm. come on out. Uh, you know, If you come say hi to me, maybe I'll even buy you a beer. There hey, you oh, there nice. you go. Yeah, I mean, enjoy all the different beer that Four Peaks has to offer. Also, they have really great food. 
I saw you posted on Instagram the other day. We were at Four Peaks last Wednesday, and Gerald mm. and I both got the chicken strips. But then you were back on like what Friday? And I got the get chicken more strips. chicken strips <laughs> yeah, because they are that good. I don't know what it is about Four Peaks chicken strips, but they are so bomb. Well, they're like fried like fish would be, but on the outside, yeah, they're, they're so good. super crunchy, super juicy. The fries are also really delightful, and they have a bunch of different sauces. If sauces are your that thing, that Chipotle like, ranch is is yeah. very good. I think mm. I'm going chicken fingers and that. Uh, a beer milkshake. Very good. Was it good? Yeah. Oh, it was spectacular. It was, it was nice. really good. So okay. That'll probably be my uh, that'll be my Thursday evening uh, meal. So. so come hang out with all of the uh, PHNX Coyotes crew once again, July 7th, 4 p.m. at Four Peaks Brewery. Just a reminder, though, you have to be 21 or older to enjoy their beer. And we ask that you enjoy responsibly. Okay, it's Trade, Mate- Trade Machine Tuesday time. Trade Machine Tuesday, Trade Machine Tuesday. I hate Trade Machine to, Tuesday. We need to get that, I hate that it so gift much. to come up every time we trade say. Trade Machine Tuesday. <laughs> okay, so do you guys want a GIF every time it comes up, or would you want the audio playing Ooh, the, the entire audio. time? While Not the entire time. Clip. I'll go insane. But like, And that would make everybody be like, all right, I'm leaving right now. A couple times, yeah. <laughs> Emma, you just need to have that on cue and uh, – and anytime we want to just get Lindsay, we'll just queue it up. Guys, Every I can day get can it in Tuesday. less than five minutes. I can get it in less than five it's minutes. It's fine. We'll work on it for next Tuesday. Maybe to close this segment. No, okay, I'll get it for you, Lindsay. I got gotcha. you. All right, so Gerald, you put together a three-team trade mm-hmm. with Utah, the Nets, and the Suns, correct? Ooh, I did, Spicy. yes. So this was because we had brainstormed a different Utah trade, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. This was kind of an updated one, just playing with some different things. So... In this potential deal, the Suns get Kevin Durant and they get Jordan Clarkson from Utah. The Nets get Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, Landry Shamit from the Suns, as well as Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt from the Jazz. They also get five first-round picks total, one from Utah because they just got a bunch in the Rudy Gobert trade, and uh, four from the Suns unprotected, and then two pick swaps with Phoenix in those other years. And then the Jazz, they get DeAndre Ayton, Campaign, and Dayron Sharp from the Nets. So, thoughts on that potential deal? Well, the only kind of three-way allowed in Utah, and I'm liking it. Oh, I'm my digging, God. I'm oh digging this. Uh, I think that this is the kind of thing that gets this deal deal done. You might have to try to convince Utah to put in an additional pick because my guess is you know, when – Brooklyn's looking at it. They're going to want a bigger haul mm-hmm. than Rudy Gobert went for, which was seven picks, right? Didn't include uh, pick swaps uh, in, in that. But I, I think we're getting close here. Mm-hmm. The big one to me is does DA actually want to sign there and how much money are uh, are they going to offer him? Like this is – I wonder if that's part of the holdup is how do we get DA where he feels comfortable uh, and I'm not sure. I really, I'm really not. If that's the holdup here, so yeah. I'm a big fan of this one. You like this yeah, one? Yeah, I do. Honestly, I feel like Brooklyn's getting a decent package back for what they're giving up. Um, I'm not mad at Jordan Clarkson for the Suns, and I feel like the Jazz are getting a fair deal in the situation as well. Yeah, for the Nets, like obviously the big pieces are Cam Johnson, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. They're younger wings. That can help you if you're trying to win next year or but that can help you a, rebuild. You know what ton of picks, But too. the ton of picks is the main asset here. You're getting five picks and you're getting two pick swaps on top of that. Like Espo said, maybe you have to throw another one on top of that from Utah. 
But if you're Utah, do you want to give up, you know, two new guys that you just traded for on top of Clarkson, on top of two first rounders for DA campaign? And let's be honest, Sharp is not really a guy that'll probably play much. I don't know. Like, it's not a perfect trade by any means. There are still a lot of angles to consider. But we did see the report last week that Utah is interested in DA. So if they are and if they want to pair him with Donovan Mitchell and kind of reset their franchise a little bit, you know, one pick is not that big a deal. Two guys you just traded for and aren't necessarily a big part of your future, they're expendable as well. So one one thing I wonder about is this doesn't satisfy the Nets uh, supposed all demand star. that it includes an all star level right. player, mm-hmm. which is where I kind of feel like you'd have to swap Cam and McHale and that and obviously make the numbers work around that. But mm. uh, you, I think you could kind of sell Brooklyn on Cam could be that guy, especially with more of an offensive, yeah. uh, you know, uh, being a more of an option on offense. But you're not selling them on Cam Johnson being all-star level. But then this comes down to how much leverage did, does Brooklyn really have? Mm. Uh, or do they have to just take what's the best offer from Katie's preferred destination? You're not going to get better than those picks and everything. So. And in my defense, I did this on, what was this, Thursday or Friday before the thing about they want a certified all-star in the trade became public. So this is this trade is a few days old. Which, I mean, even though you want something like that, that's not to say that you wouldn't settle if you feel like you're, you're, your back's against the wall and you kind of just have to do something. Right. I want an NBA 10-day contract, but it's not going to happen. Right. So, like, I wanted exactly. a million dollars when they approached me about PHNX. I took significantly <laughs> less. Same. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, I I have something for you. Oh, what's, what's that? that Emma? Here we go. Train machine Tuesday. <laughs> I hate all of you. Train machine Tuesday. <laughs> okay, that's enough. You made my Tuesday, Emma. Thank you. That's got you. Enough got of that. you. Uh, oh, I can play time. it one more time, Lindsay. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> Should play it again, oh, Emma. No, Do you guys like my new shoes? Play it again, Train Emma. Train machine Tuesday. Train machine Tuesday. Train machine Tuesday. I like how uh, the math doesn't even match up with the second <laughs> train. Machine no. Tuesday, like the music just goes off kilter. Hey, okay, I did it in five minutes, Gerald. No, okay. no, you're the fine, Emma. Five minutes of work you've ever put in at PH and X. You aren't wrong. You know what? You know what I think we we need to do. Hmm. I think Emma should have to do an OG's ad read roulette. Should she? Yeah, we're just gonna make her do that today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we <laughs> Lindsay's should. vindictive. She wants her Lindsay, revenge right I'm now. I'm turning my revenge <laughs> fast. How about how about I do it as Emma? What? Can you? I can try. Can you? Why not? Oh dear. Let's go. Okay, let's you, go. I'll put it on you. Do you want me? Do you want help? Do you sure. want me to give you things? Sure. You you have to add in. That's hot. Okay. That's hot. One hundred percent. That's an Emma thing. Everything is hot right now. Okay. So, uh, Ochi's just launched their first ever <laughs> limited edition uh, seasonal flavor pina colada. That's hot. Uh, a perfect pineapple and creamy coconut blend. Uh, Check out OGs uh, OG, online, uh, ogsbrands.com, on Instagram, at ogsbrands. 
uh, you can find their products that they're fire at your local dispensary. Uh, must be 21 years or older uh, to purchase. Uh, and I swear I am. <laughs> That's the best part. The last, the last part. I swear. Um, I am. Hey, no one, no one needs to know my age. <laughs> that is she's so 42. Everybody, if you're 42. asking, brother. Oh I hope that wasn't brother. too bad. Over brother, there. Uh, 42. Um. All right. Any final thoughts on that trade? Because I, I know we got a little derailed. I bet Emma didn't expect uh, to be impersonated. Today. No, definitely but, not. Okay. Can I like make a critique? Are you on mic? Okay. I am. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm used to working with Shane here. I got to ask these things. So. I'm prepared. Not All saying right. Shane isn't. Love you, Shane. Miss you. Wish you were here. But you missed the stumble on the words. I can't read that well. <laughs> that's, that's true. I, I did miss the stumble on the words. Uh, I'm sorry. My bad. My, my bad. My bad. Is that how I sound, guys? No. 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 Not really. <laughs> not at all. It's not like I workshop my Emma it was, impression. It was a valiant effort show. on the fly. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts? On, Can we just uh, get the damn thing done? Include yeah, whoever you have to. I'm tired of doing math on potential trades. I would like to just see one come through and see if it works. Can we That's just, why I'm hoping today is our final trade machine Tuesday. Can can Please I just God. can I just pick up the phone and call Danny Ainge and go, you bastard, you owe us for ninety two ninety three and not guarding Paxson. So just send Donovan Mitchell to Brooklyn already. From my phone. <laughs> the audacity. Oh, <laughs> I ain't calling it from my own. I know better than that. Oh like, boy. Come on, just Let's get this over with. I don't want to, like, we're going to be back here tomorrow talking about this, I know, but yeah. I'd really prefer not to. I would like some clarity just so we can know what the Suns are working with moving forward, because we've talked about this, but so many of the best free agents are off the board. Yeah. The only MLE guys that are on my list for all the positions that are still out there, I think like Thomas Bryant and Dennis Schroeder, both of whom come with different risks, and I just don't. It's going to be tough to build the rest of this roster unless you're able to also be active in another trade, which we can get into other trades after. But I'm I just keep looking at Thomas Bryan and going, why? Why is he still sitting out there? Is there some kind of the injury thing? Well, that too. But I also wonder if there's some kind of wink, wink. If this KD thing goes down, mm -hmm. we're going to need a center. Ayo, it could be. Ayo, we'll we'll give you that full. Why would they do level. that? Why would he still be out there? Why? Let's think about it. Hmm. That's well, the question that, was like that the everybody's asking. Thing that has come from free agency thus it far. It was, and he knew he knew what he was doing. Oh yeah. I mean, he was like Loki. If we get KD, that still might be like in in the running for the top mm -hmm. moment of free agency. He had them all on the edge of their seats. It's never been that silent on first take in its entire it so history. Funny. Plus the memes that we got from it and just oh my god, bless maybe, his heart. Maybe I'll shave and do my own version of of uh, Windy. Of Windy. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. As a reminder, we want you to stay safe and healthy, especially if you are joining us out at Summer League this upcoming weekend. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. We all know things are getting a little spicier around the valley as of late with this. So just a reminder to all of you out there listening, please stay safe and healthy, protect your loved ones and your community. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith AZ. 
You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay, and you can follow Aspo at Aspo. Aspo, take us home. See if I can do this. Hold on. Oh, God. <laughs> it's happening. Spalding! Get the KD done, deal done already. Oh, boy, boy. Got to understand me, y'all always rep the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B. Always on the job, my team move like the mob. Turn the beat on, I throw it down like DA on the line.